If your organization was hit with a disaster or cyber attack tomorrow, would each person know exactly what their responsibilities were? If your answer is not an unequivocal yes, then you need a DR runbook. What is a DR runbook? Well, you're in the right place. It's the culmination of all the planning and designing that you did when putting together your DR system. When a disaster strikes, you should simply be able to pull it out and follow it. Every person in the org should know what their role is and who they should be communicating with. Our goal here is to turn unappreciated backup admins into cyber recovery heroes. So let's talk about how to make a runbook and what it should look like. This is the Backup Wrap Up. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, W. Curtis Preston, and I have with me my celebration consultant, Persona Maliandi. How's it going, Persona? I'm doing well. What are we celebrating? I think you know what we're celebrating. My my big new contract that I landed today. Woo! Very excited about that. That's um, awesome. Congratulations. Yeah, thanks. Uh, I'm going to be working a lot with a new company and helping them to spread their word about what they do. And we'll talk more about that in later days. But today is the day that I actually heard that I got the contract. So I'm super Woo-hoo! excited. What do, you th- what do you think I should do? Uh, uh, I think you should go for Korean barbecue. By myself without the rest of the family? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. That's okay. Fine then. How about going and watching a movie? Oh yeah, maybe I'll go. Maybe I'll go do just that. I'll do that. <laughs> um, yeah, well, because because you know, you know, my wife's down in San Diego training to be a trainer to train poll workers. So she's down in San Diego <laughs> with her mom, uh, and my the rest of my family is spread to the wind. So yeah, if I went to Korean barbecue, I would be going there all by myself, and they would never speak to me again. Given <laughs> given yeah. that just don't tell them. Do you think they What's listen that? to the podcast? Just don't tell them. Do you think they listen to the podcast? Do you think they know? <laughs> I just don't tell them. <laughs> I would feel guilty. Uh, but I but wouldn't Korean. feel guilty going uh, to go see a movie because I do have the Regal Unlimited Pass, so I can go see a movie. Do it. Do it. So uh, we've been talking about DR for a while now, and – you know, once you've decided, I mean, we talked so much about it. I, I think this is our sixth episode about, you know, basically putting together a DR plan. You've got to decide what's in it. You've got to decide what, you know, uh, what your RTO and RPO are for each application. You need to decide whether or not you're going to do this yourself or you're going to use a service. Or are you going to do a cold site, hot site, warm site? You can use the cloud. You can use on-prem stuff. You got to make all those decisions and hopefully you put a lot of planning into this and hopefully you got a lot of input from the business that this was not an IT driven. I mean, it could be an IT driven, I suppose, but just really, you know, I hope that you got input from all of the stakeholders, all of the people that will be impacted by this DR plan and you put it all together to make all of them as happy as possible. (laughs) You're going to be the knight in shining armor, right? When something happens. Knight in shining armor. 
the uh, and this will date me, but here I come to save the day. <laughs> no one's going to get that reference. Anyway, did you get that reference? Mighty Mouse? Mighty Mouse. Yeah, good job. Good job. All right. Um, so I so so when we've done all those decisions, basically when you have an actual disaster, you should be able to pull out what? <laughs> I was just going to say you don't run around like a chicken when it, with its head cut off, scrambling, and everyone just being like, panic, 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 panic. Yeah, that is not what you're supposed to do. Um, what are you going to pull out, Persona? Well, what you're supposed to do is pull out your DR runbook, which has been created ahead of time. Everyone has read, everyone knows about it, and you just follow what it says in the DR runbook and you're good to go. Yeah, and, and I will say that, you know, we're talking mainly here about disaster recovery. A DR runbook fits within a, a cyber recovery runbook. This is part of it. This is the actual putting everything back together part. If what we're talking about is recovering from a cyber attack, you do have to address that first. And uh, we should talk about that. We, we will talk about that in other episodes. But at this point, basically, you have decided, you know, you're going to restore your organization. And everybody should basically know just exactly where they're going, what they're doing, what they're not doing, who they're telling, who they're not telling. Um, because, you know, DR, you know, an actual disaster recovery does not happen in a vacuum. What do you think about that? Yeah, no, it, yeah, it doesn't happen in a vacuum. There's usually other causes. And then it's also a very, very, very high stress event, <laughs> yeah. right? And so yeah. you want to make sure that you're not thinking on the fly, trying to figure out what to do, that everything has sort of been thought ahead of time. So you just can execute. It's like a doctor, right? And yes, I know there will be cases that you need to worry about, but a doctor, right? They go to school, they do the procedures, they know what to do. And so they are able to say, okay, I'm doing this, this, and this every single time. Yeah, actually, I, I may have a better example to that. And that was... When you know, I, I know I've told you the story, but I don't think I've told the listeners. And that is the time that we lost an engine on a plane when I was in flight on an MD-80. And for those of you that don't know, an MD-80 only has two engines, <laughs> <clears throat> right? So <clears throat> we were on initial ascent, and the um, uh, we we lost an engine. And for those of you that have never experienced that, which is probably most of you, if not all of you. Uh, if you've ever been in a car where you've accidentally and you're, and you're sort of accelerating and then you slipped out of gear, right? Like you, you, your leg bumped the, you know, the, uh, the stick shift or the, uh, what, what do you call that? The, the, the gear shift? I don't know, the, you yeah. know, in an automatic, whatever. Basically, suddenly you find yourself in neutral. There's that sort of lunge that happens, right? And, um, uh, if you've never felt that, then I, I don't know what to, <laughs> to tell you, but, but imagine that. But up in the air, <laughs> so suddenly you're lurging, you're lunging forward, and you're diving. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're, you know, you're you're rapidly um, uh, losing altitude, and uh, flight attendants are running back and forth. They're doing their thing. Uh, we were on initial ascent, so everybody was still strapped in and everything. And um, the and then the the 
the plane did this massive like banking maneuver mm-hmm. to take us back. And it was definitely one of those. Ah, <laughs> <you know? laughs> yeah. And they, they, you know, cause they got us back. They, they basically, as far as I know, they turned that plane around as quickly, whatever the tightest turning radius that you could possibly do. I'm sure that there were massive alerts that went off in the, in the tower, right? The, the air yeah. traffic controller tower, they cleared the runways. We went back and we landed and then, you know, and then the fire trucks came out and, uh, and that's when everybody freaked out, right? Once we were yeah. down and then the fire trucks came out prior to that, everybody just sat there and white knuckled it and, um, you know, and just, you know, just tried not to cry. My, my point of all of this was that pilot had done that hundreds of times already because he goes to a simulator and, uh, and trains for that. Yeah. And they had trained for all of this. The tower knew what to do. Why? Because they had a run book. They yeah. followed to the letter because they've got lives in their hands. They knew it. They, they, they had a, you know, a checklist that they go down when you have to make an emergency landing with a plane that's lost an engine. That's just that, you know, they, everybody just went and did everything that they needed to do, which I will say (laughs) apparently didn't involve letting us know what the hell was happening. That was, that was not their, that was not their concern. Their concern was because there was nothing you as passengers could do. There was one thing we could do. You know, stop yelling. Ah! Yeah. <laughs> basically. Um, all right. So, yeah. And, and so that's why you want to have a run book. You want to have a run book. You want to train. You want to practice. And you want this stuff to be basically muscle memory. Yeah. And that involves who you notify, how you notify, whether or not, you know, depending on who you are as an organization, whether or not you have to notify the media, whether or not you have to notify stockholders, you know, all of the, all of these things. Right. Yep. Um, uh, law enforcement, depending on why you're, why you're, you know, uh, doing this or your insurance company or your, yeah, your insurance company, your cyber insurance company. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so I have a list I made, uh, I like, uh, alliterations and I made an eight item alliteration for things that would go, that sort of make a good run book. And the first one, uh, I'll, we'll just go back and forth with them. All right. Yep. The first one is that it needs to be authoritative. And by that, I mean, there needs to be one run book, right? There, there can be versioning, over time, but when the disaster uh, strikes, there's one place where everyone knows to go to get the run book. Now, the run book may be electronic, it may be printed, it may be on an iPad, it may be it may be a, a bunch of different things. But everyone should know exactly where and when that is, and there and it may take different forms. There may be a paper version and an electronic version, but those two versions should match. There should be one authoritative uh, version of the run book. So how in organizations, and I'm sure this can be solved, how do you make sure everyone is going off the same run book? (laughs) Well, I I think that's just a matter of process. Again, it it all goes to training, right? Mm. Everyone just is continually explained this is where the run book is when it's time. Right. And then yeah. whenever there are um, the, the, the biggest 
problem slash concern is if you're keeping a paper version of the runbook, yeah. right? You have to make sure that when you come up with a new runbook that you destroy the old paper version. Just realize that if that's the case, this this is going to be a risk to the first thing, which is that it should be authoritative, yeah. right? Um, the electronic version, assuming we're all accessing the same electronic version, uh, that should be much easier because it's one file and you can control it. One file that's uh, maybe replicated in multiple yeah. places, but you know, one file. Uh, just make sure that you are aware, like if one of the disasters you're worried about is lack of electricity or flooding or other aspects like that, that you want to make sure it's on some medium that it that can handle whatever disaster you're looking to support in that area. Which is why some people like the paper copy, yeah. right? Um, I can't argue against it. It's just it's just hard to yeah. keep up to date, right? Yeah. And um, you know, and you're going to kill a bunch of trees. So the next one is accurate, which basically means that the runbook contains all the correct information. So you know exactly what servers, what applications, all the people, whoever is required. So if people leave, right, that the, it is constantly updated and it is accurate with what you need. Yeah, that it matches the current situation, right? Yeah. So here's a question for you, Curtis. Do you think it's worse to have a no runbook or to have a outdated runbook? I still think no run books worse, right? Right. If if you you pull out the run book and it says, you know, please turn to Curtis and tell him to do the Humpty squat, right? And you're like, uh, Curtis quit three weeks ago. Yeah, <laughs> you still got a plan, right? Yeah. Uh, no, a bad plan is still better than no plan. I think. Yeah. Okay. But um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so the next one that I have is accessible. It needs to be accessible. We've talked about this a little bit already, and that is just make sure that no matter what happens, you know, you alluded to that earlier, no matter what happens, make sure that it's accessible. To me, that would mean that I would have an automatic system where there is the authoritative copy where we always do edits. We always only edit here, right? And then that is then replicated via an automated system to all of the other places where that are read-only copies, you might replicate it to an application. Maybe your company has its own application that runs on iPads, and that application is is automatically updated every time you update the documentation. Maybe you do print out a new one. Maybe you figure out a way where you do loose leaf papers and you, you and you only reprint the pages that have changed and the new thing. You know, you can do that so you're not killing an entire you know forest every time you you update the, the DR book. But uh, but I, I do think that you need to um, create it in such a way that it, it's available no matter what happens. And I think that last bit is key because remember, if this is a corporate environment, say you don't have access to your two-factor authentication or your right. active directory, right? How is someone going to get access to the runbook in order to be able to restore those services? Exactly. What was the company... It was a big company a few months ago that remember there was a big, there was a, an attack or a disaster or something and they were locked out of the building. Do you remember this? Yeah, this was, it was a big company. Yeah. Because their key cards, was it meta? I think I it might've been. Was meta, right? they, yeah. were, they had an outage and then they were locked out of the building 
they couldn't get in the building system. because the authentication system was yeah. 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 <laughs> don't don't be that person yeah um so the next one is absorbed which is basically is your runbook understood by everyone in it which I think yeah. a lot of people kind of take that for granted. They're like, oh, yeah, I just wrote this. Anyone in IT should be able to read it. But can they really read it and understand yeah. what's in there? Yeah, this is I, I think this is kind of about marketing, really. Right. You know, um, in the previous episode, we talked about how good of a recovery mindset does your organization have. And this is part of that. Right. So. How well does your, you know, d- does the word runbook, if you said DR runbook, does everybody in your organization know what we're talking about? Because just like we want to make sure it's available in all of the different scenarios, we want to make sure that if only Steve is available right now, Steve knows where the DR runbook is. Steve knows, he, he knows what the DR runbook is. He knows where to get it. Right. And he knows how to not get an old version of it. Right. So yeah. this is this is about making sure everybody's all on the same uh, yeah. all on the same page. And it's would you say, though, Curtis, I know we mentioned specifically around I.T., but is it really just limited to I.T. or is it pretty much all functional heads should be aware of this? Because it could be touching them as well. Right. Well, I think anybody that needs to actually use the runbook. Yeah. Right. I mean, th- there are people in the runbook that you're going to want to contact so that they're aware of what's happening. They don't necessarily need to know too much about the runbook. I mean, would not hurt that they would yeah. know about it. So the next one that I have is that it needs to be active. And, and by this, just that um, it, it's very similar to the concept of accurate. And that is that it needs to be part of your IT change and control process. Whenever you add a server, you have a change control process. This needs to be part of the change control process so that it's an active part of your organization that you're continually updating the runbook every time you make a change. Um, That shouldn't be too hard, again, assuming you have a solid recovery mindset. Yeah. And I think for that one, too, it's is that part of your DNA of the company, right? That has to be part of the culture of IT that says, hey, whenever we are doing a change, we have to make sure that yes, this, this, and this, just like we always talk about backup, go update your backup systems to make sure you can back up that new application. DR runbook should also be updated as well. Uh, The next one is, and I know I kind of touched on this earlier, right, is adaptable. And this really goes back to Everything in the runbook may not be perfect. Things may change outside the environment. The situation may change. And so you need to make sure that you have backup plans, not backup like data backup, but backup like alternate plans to make sure that you are still able to execute and recover your systems, even if not 100% of either the infrastructure is available or other aspects like that. Yeah, it's sort of like, I don't know if you've ever read any contracts, but there's like a common phrase in a contract that like any, if any part of this contract is invalid, that doesn't invalid, that only invalidates that part, not the entire contract. Yeah. Sort of like here, like, if you hit a single bump in the road and then your entire run buck is off kilter, uh, that's not good. You need to, this, I think this is probably more about the practicing it and doing it, right? Um, that... Uh, you get and you 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 use the you know like the chaos monkey concept to throw wrenches into the works uh, to to see how well people handle uh, yeah. wrenches along the way. Yeah, it's like your example you gave Curtis of your flight 
experience on losing an engine, right? Maybe the yeah. pilot hadn't trained for engine failure when on ascent, right? But maybe he was able to adapt and figure out, okay, yeah, this is where I'm going to do it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so the next one that I have is auditable. And, you know, this is, um, I think the best way, you know, you've heard me say it a bunch of times, the best way to have your DR uh, system tested is to have someone who isn't the person who put it together do the one that's actually doing the, the thing, right? So um, if you can bring in an outside IT person and they follow your DR runbook and they recover your organization, ominous dominus, man, you, you're the do best. Do you want to talk about your experiences with DR Runbooks at the big bank you used to work at? I know we've talked about yeah, it on the podcast yeah. before, but yeah, I, I know, I know. Yeah, not everybody's listened to every episode. So, uh, you know, we used to do a we used to do a full DR test every six months, and uh, it was a really big thing. Like we, you know, we shuttered everybody up for the weekend, and and uh, we, we spent lots of money doing these DR tests. And we tried to do it like this, where you know, I had a lot of documentation, I had my runbook out there, and and they would they would go to follow it, and um, we defined a successful recovery as a recovery where the person running the DR didn't have to turn around and go. So, <laughs> Curtis, what did you mean by this, right? And it, by that standard, we never had a successful recovery <laughs> during the three years that I worked there. Uh, we always recovered. But there was always some some turnaround, and so that goes back to that that adaptable thing that I you yeah. know that I said right. Um, but it also goes to testing more often. Every six months isn't good enough, right? Yeah. Every six months was the only way we could do it back then. But nowadays, with the cloud, you know how big of a fan I am with the cloud. But nowadays, with with infrastructure as code and all these other things that we're able to do today, for many, if not most, organizations, they could do this in the cloud and they can automate it. And that a lot of this stuff that that we have to figure out in our heads could actually be completely automated. Yeah. Um, and and, uh, and I pretty much alluded to the next. Yeah, the next one, which is basically affirmed. So test regularly. Testing is a best way yeah. to make sure that your DR runbook is accurate and that it works. And I think just like you gave the example, Curtis, in the three years, you didn't really get to that level that you guys set. And that's perfectly yeah. fine. Don't expect perfection in your DR runbook. It will require it will require changes over time. And that's OK. It's a starting point. It's better than having nothing like you had alluded to earlier. Yeah, agreed. Um, yeah, so that that's sort of the elements, if you will, of what makes a good DR runbook. Let's talk about what sort of the ingredients <laughs> of a DR runbook, right? It, it's just, wait, this is that's just- Wait, it's not just, we set up the infrastructure and we just randomly run a DR runbook? That's not at all? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so the the first thing here, and this is one of those where the, the first thing is the last thing that you do, and that is you have uh, an overview. You have an executive summary um, and- um, you know, and, and like a technical overview to just give give everybody, uh, you know, in that scenario of like, we lost all our IT people. Uh, now you've got some IT people that are not your IT people, but they're different IT people and they're following, you know, so you give them an overview uh, as well as uh, executive overview. You, you, you need to write this at the end 
because you don't know what you're, you know, what you're doing an overview of, right? Yeah. And I would say that a lot of technical folks might think, hey, isn't a run book just here are the procedures that I do? And I think these first couple that we're going to talk about of what goes in a run book are critical, which will help you either in marketing or just to make it more complete for people who may not be doing this day to day. Right. So yeah, the next exactly. one is really an inventory. So all your products and vendors and the contacts for those. So who is your, what is your SaaS provider for email, right? Is it Microsoft? Is it Google? What is your account there? Who is the contact that you reach out to in the vendor in case, like, do you have a technical account manager, an account rep, et cetera? So these are all critical things to document because you might need their help, right? It's not just, hey, I need to recover my own systems, but you might need help with recovering some things that are in their infrastructure as well. So just things to be aware of. And there can be an escalation there, right? So, you know, who is the person that you normally talk to at Microsoft or Dell or HP or whatever it is that, you know, where you're buying your infrastructure, uh, Micro Center, you know, <laughs> <laughs> who is your normal point of contact? And then you should also, and by the way, you should have multiple ways to contact them, email, whatever, whatever you have. If you have, you know, phone, right? If you have, you know, their Twitter account, whatever. Um, and then also like management, right? You know, if, 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 if they, if you go to reach out to Steve and Steve, I use that name a lot. You go to reach out to Steve and Steve isn't there. Um, then, you know, who, then, then what do you do? Because in the middle of a disaster, you may need some additional stuff. Yeah. You may need some additional hardware, you know, storage, whatever. Um, and so you, you know, or you may need some additional expertise. I pushed the button and the button didn't go. Yeah. Who do I, you know, where's my, where's my 911? Yeah. Um, do you it, think what else? Be there yeah. And it doesn't have to necessarily be even your vendor. It could be an MSP, right? Your consulting partners, other folks as well, who are important to keep track of because they could be there to help you and assist you when you're recovering. Right. Exactly. Or it could be your cyber insurance company information too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we we've mentioned them a couple of times in this in this episode. Yeah. Uh, the next one sounds very similar, and that is the contacts for the people needed in the DR recovery. What I'm thinking here is this is your staff, right? Um, this is everybody, and again, you know, we we joked about it earlier, um, and that is that. Uh, the the successful one is one where you, we didn't have to turn around and ask for Curtis. Well, if it's a real disaster, <laughs> it's okay to call Curtis, yeah. right? Well, not me, but because I didn't do your DR run book, but you've you got a Curtis in your organization. Everyone should have a Curtis in their organization. <laughs> what do you think, Persona? How about everyone should have a Persona in their organization? Everybody should have a, a, a person who knows way too much about many random subjects. Yes, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> definitely someone should have a you should have a Curtis and a persona in every environment. Uh so that's step one in your DR run book is identify the Curtis and the personas in your environment. Um and um the um uh but yeah, this is contacts and again escalation, right? I reached out to Curtis, Curtis didn't, you know, didn't answer his phone. Who do I call now? Right? Yeah. Who you know, you call you know, Curtis's boss and Curtis's boss's boss. Right. Um, and, and also, 
um, contacts within the organization from a here's who we need to keep uh, you know abreast on. of yeah. everything that we're doing, right? Management, um, and hopefully you have like like a designated person in your senior management that you you just go to them and let them communicate everything to everybody else because you're kind of busy doing the thing. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, and uh, this is what back in the day. Nowadays we would um, we would do it differently, but back in the day, this is what we used pagers for. We had an automated paging system, and we would just send a page out to everybody. Everybody that was involved in the process got a page at every yeah. step of the process, so that everybody knew what was go- what was going on. Which means you need to maintain a list of all those pager numbers and all that yeah. kind of stuff. Which, would- of course, no one has a pager <laughs> nowadays, but. In my mind, as you're talking about sort of the escalations, I was thinking about your story about the Bobs. The Bob, <laughs> Tom's, Tom's. Oh, Tom's, Tom's. Tom's. Two, yeah, the two Tom's. Yeah, uh, the two Tom's standing over the left and right shoulder. Yeah, that was a that was a pretty funny moment where we were in the middle of an actual disaster, and we were, uh, you know, one of our guys was in the knock. And he was on speakerphone with what, with the guy that was actually in the data center swapping tapes. <clears throat> and he said, he said, oh, are, are you in the knock? And he's like, yeah. And he goes, so let me guess, you got Tom and Tom over your left and right shoulder, except he didn't realize he was on speakerphone <laughs> and, and Tom and Tom, which was their bosses. Let's see their bosses, bosses, boss, <laughs> and their bosses, 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 boss. Wow. <laughs> and, and and they did indeed have because this was a big bank, right? Yeah. So there were many layers of so this was basically the CEO's second in command, and then the one after that, yeah. right? And they were standing over his left and right shoulder. <laughs> and when they when they said this, they they both just took one step back. <laughs> Oh, good times. Good times. Yeah. So the next thing is really what a lot of people think about when they think about a runbook, which is really the procedures, which are those step-by-step mm-hmm. instructions on how to actually recover from that disaster. So this might spell out yeah. sort of, okay, what exactly from an infrastructure I need to bring up, what applications in what order, right? It's probably multiple sections because it's not like one big bang and you bring everything up in one go, right? So depending on what the disaster is, it might have multiple different sections with different procedures for each one, but it should be labeled, numbered, and easy to find. Yeah. So you've defined, this is why I said, this is the old, this is the culmination of all of your efforts. You've defined the RTO and RPO of everything in your environment. And then you defined a recovery priority of everything in your environment. Mm-hmm. And so this is going to say, okay, you know, recover, you know, let's say you've got, I don't know, three recovery groups, right? The stuff you're going to do very, you know, the stuff that's got to come up before anything else comes up. And then the next set, which is like the stuff that comes up right after all that stuff comes up (laughs) and then everything else. And the first group is probably really small. Second group is probably decent size. And then the third group is probably the biggest Yeah, because not everything has to be up and running, you know, immediately to be able to turn the lights back on. So all of that should be spelled out in the, you know, you, you you may also, because we've talked about this previously, you may also use completely different recovery methods based on the RPO and the RTO of different, you know, uh, parts of your organization. You might use a DR as a service product that does replication-based uh, DR, 
for your tier one applications. And you might use backup replications for your tier two, and you might use, you know, tape uh, or, or maybe a replicated copy of your backup into S3 uh, and hope you don't ever have to use it, <laughs> you know, for your, uh, for your tier, you know, your tier three things. Right. And all of that should be spelled out in all those procedures. Um, what, what else do you think? Any other thoughts on the procedures? No, I think that's, but this is where it goes back to that, uh, what was active that we had talked about earlier, right? When you are making changes to your infrastructure, that's why it's critical that you go and you update these procedures because when you need to execute, you want to make sure that it is accurate so you can have the best version of recovery or best, best chance of recovery. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and then, um, our final step is escalations. And we've already talked about this, but nothing's going to go right. <laughs> really, Curtis? Why not? I thought that's why we prep and plan and document yeah. and... As much as, I'm going to say, like, a disaster, an actual disaster recovery is much more like a rugby match than it is like a baseball game, <laughs> right? <laughs> baseball game, it's like you got clear lines, right? I'm going to go this way, then I'm going to go that way, then I'm going to go that way, then I'm going to go that way. Or for the rest of the world, a cricket game, right? <laughs> or, you yeah. know, rounders, uh, you, know, what, you know, basically, you know, rugby, uh, you know, is, is, is like, it just seems to me, comparatively speaking, like a giant mess. Uh, there's an ultimate goal. We all have the same goal, but uh, you know, it's just it, it, you, there's this constant adjustment around, and so you you need to have those lines of escalation so that people know. And also, there may be a point in your recovery where you need Tom. <laughs> <laughs> to call the to call the equivalent of the Tom over in the other organization uh, where you're not getting any love, right? It's it's a weekend and your favorite IT vendor is not answering their phone or, or they're or they're not giving you the amount of love. You know, they've you you've contracted for a four hour uh, delivery time of new hardware. And, and they haven't even called you back and you're at like three hours. This is when this is when you escalate on your side so that you can get them to escalate on the other side. Uh, and you've just got to have all those, um, you know, all those numbers in there. Um, and then I'll tell you what not to do. Here's, here's another story. Um, today's about the stories. So we had we had a, an employee that and she got handed this pile of tapes and we told her, it's like, hey, you got this pile of tapes. At some point, Bank of America is going to call you, and they'll tell you what to do with these tapes. And she got handed the escalation list that yeah. came with the tapes. And after a few hours working, she decided she couldn't handle the anticipation anymore. <laughs> so she decided to go down the escalation list to see if she could get an answer as to what she was supposed to do with these tapes. So... But I guess she wasn't familiar with how to use an escalation list. She just oh, looked at the list oh, and no. went. <laughs> and so at three o'clock in the morning, she called the CEO of Bank of America <laughs> at home and said, wow. I got these pile of tapes. 
Got these pile of tapes here. I don't know what I'm supposed to do with them. <laughs> no. That's not how you use an escalation list. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, was the, that was my point of bringing that story up. So basically, that's the DR run book. I mean, it's it's putting down all of the plans and procedures and the what to do when the plans and procedures don't work into a form where you can easily index and get through it and whatnot and follow it. I do think it, that there should be an authoritative one version that you're constantly updating. Um, and then just make sure it gets, you know, automatically disseminated to the other things. And, um, uh, and you should be doing this frequently. You should be testing it frequently so that, an actual disaster. So when you're doing an actual disaster, you're not testing just the DR plan. You're also testing your runbook. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You're testing your team's ability to follow that runbook. I a hundred percent agree. And I think this is where it becomes critical though. In technology, we typically do a poor job of documentation. Everyone wants to go build the cool stuff, put things together, and then they hate writing documentation. This is one of those yeah. things that'll pay tremendous dividends when you actually encounter a disaster by actually having a documented runbook ahead of time and following these procedures and doing the testing like you said so instead yeah, of something absolutely. taking say a month trying to recover as everyone's scrambling because no one knows what to do because they've never documented or tested it's all documented at least you'll reduce the stress level of everyone in the organization as you're going through this and there you go. This, welcome to those of you that listened to this entire series. Welcome to the end of the Disaster Recovery <laughs> series. Six episodes. If you didn't listen to the other five, go back. Go back. This was some good stuff. And, uh, Prasanna, thanks for sticking with me. Uh, and by the way, you know, for those of you that didn't know, we're basically just reading from my book, which is Modern Data <laughs> Protection. Uh, which is from O'Reilly. Um, you know, for those of you that didn't know, that's who I was. I'm, you know, I'm W. Curtis Preston, the author of the book, and um, you know, uh, Mr. Backup, whatever. <laughs> so, um, thanks, Persona. Great comments as always. Uh, likewise, Curtis. And uh, th thanks for those of you that have uh, stuck with us uh, through these six episodes. And for the rest of you, go back and listen to the other episodes. If this is the only one you listen to. Um, that is a wrap. The Backup Wrap-Up is written, recorded, and produced by me, W. Curtis Preston. If you need backup or DR consulting, content generation, or expert witness work, check out BackupCentral.com. You can also find links from my O'Reilly books on the same website. Remember, this is an independent podcast, and any opinions that you hear are those of the speaker and not necessarily an employer. Thanks for listening.